ahead. Don't forget to send me a postcard from the Muppet Studios. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't do that, Walter. But, Gary... Because... You're coming with us! <gasps> Book your next Disney vacation with Kristen Hetzel of Magical Journeys Travel, an unconventional agency for the unconventional client. Magical Journeys is dedicated to finding the best pricing for your next magical journey. Wait a minute. I love that idea. Kristen will work hard to save you money and give you the quality of service you deserve. As a well-established agency and an authorized Disney vacation planner, Magical Journeys Travel has many years in the travel industry and dealing with the infamous Disney reservation system. Let Kristen help you plan your next magical journey to book travel or for a free quote please contact Kristen hetzel at www.magicaljourneystravel.com forward slash Kristen. follow her on twitter at Kristen hetzel All right. come on everybody magical journeys an authorized disney vacation planner you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast the dining at disney podcast the dining at disney podcast you know the thing about good food it brings folks together from all walks of life. Your ultimate source for the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. The Dining at Disney Podcast. And now your hosts, Kristen and Bubba. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney Podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about dining at Disney World and Disneyland. I am your host travel guru and foodie, Kristen, and with me is not Bubba. Bubba has the night off tonight, and instead, I have my wonderful friend, Park Hopper John from WDW Park Hoppers and the Disney Parks Podcast with me tonight. What's going on? I'm phenomenal, as always. Anytime I get to hang out with you, uh, get to spend some time chatting, is always a good day. So, uh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, very excited. Sorry, Bubba couldn't be here, but uh, I, I do appreciate the uh, the uh, the stand-in. Thanks. <laughs> well, tonight we actually have a a big topic. Um, being that I live in Tennessee, I don't always get to travel down and check out the cool uh, PR kind of events that go on, and so when I can. I sent one of my lovely, lovely foodie friends. And this time, John, you got to check out the little, like, (coughs) preview of food and discussion for Wine Wine Bar George. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. It just rolls off the tongue. Just (laughs) Wine Bar George makes a lot of sense. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, (laughs) I asked him about it. Not mine. Yeah. He said, well, we wanted something unique. I'm thinking to myself, that's unique, all right. Very unique indeed. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a great event. It was a very small event. Uh, I think there were only uh, about 12 people there. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, very intimate, very small. Uh, there's several people there that I did not recognize, meaning uh, there were probably a lot of Orlando food bloggers or several food bloggers. I think there's only, like, one or two other Disney bloggers, uh, but it was uh, it was really intimate, and it was in the preview center for Disney Springs. If you don't know where that's at, I'll give you a little secret. When you come uh, down the uh, stairs from the Orange Garage, and on your left is Splitsville, and on your right is the Pop Gallery, and then the AMC Theater, right at the very edge, at the very corner of the building, before you actually step 
onto Disney Springs property, there's a door that says cast members only. And that leads you to a hallway with an elevator. The elevator takes you three stories up. You walk across a little catwalk, and you actually walk into the Disney Springs Preview Center. It's it's amazing. It's got a lot of history of the springs. It's wood and earth tones. It's gorgeous. It has the full map of Disney Springs that uh, can be illuminated and animated. And then wow. they have a little side room. That's Part of that is where they do a lot of the planning meetings. Um, one full wall is nothing but whiteboards that can move around. And then you have uh, a back wall with TVs and you have another wall that leads into another hallway. And then you go into office space. It's a great place to go hang out, especially because nobody else gets to go there. So it was really cool. I, I thought it was awesome. Sounds pretty cool. I didn't even realize that that was there. Yeah. Um, before Disney Springs opened up the landing and the uh, town center area, uh, I got to go on because I was working for a, a travel agency and I got to sit in on a on a trip that went in there because they're they're talking about what they're planning on doing with those areas. Oh. I got to see the model in action and it was really cool because like the springs, uh, you know, the springs that are right where the um, the iconic water tower is would actually there's like there's a fountain inside the springs in real life. And so on the model, there was a little animation of a fountain. And it was really cool because it was moving. I'm like, this is really neat. And then they would press a button and, you know, the whole section in red is like, that's town center. And then another section in blue is like, this is the landing. And it was really kind of neat. Uh, but it was, we didn't have anything to do with that while we were there. But it was really, it was really fun to see that. And uh, there's also a little kitchenette area, which is where the chef was preparing uh, some of our food for the day. Okay, so what all did you get to enjoy? Well, we had a couple of dishes. Uh, the main, actually, the main event was uh, a giant charcuterie board. So I'll leave that till second or to last and tease everybody. Um, but the first was uh, a romaine chopped salad, and it was romaine lettuce. It looked very much like a Caesar salad. And it had a dressing that the chef prepares for George's daughter. And she loves it. Every time he goes over to George's house, he makes a vat of it and takes it over for them. Uh, so it's a very special dressing. And then they have, um, I'm not going to say it, we're Pecorino Romano. Am I close? Um, that, they had this cheese that they put on a, a tray and bake it until it's like crackery. And so they, they had big chunks of that. So it was just like, just baked cheese. It was glorious. Uh, so I there was love that. that when they do that. Yeah, it was really, really good. Very unique, and the, and the um the flavor for the dressing was kind of sweet. Uh, I didn't get any um d- nothing was really overwhelming me. It's just really, really pleasant. Very summery, springtime summery. Uh, it was really, really good. I wouldn't mind having a a large collection of that dressing as well. I'd, I'd eat it on everything, including my flip-flops. <laughs> um, and then the other thing was a, a, a jicama-based salad. So it was chopped jicama and some other things and some pickled vegetables. Um, the, and, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't have any of that because there were uh, jalapenos chopped into it. And I cannot handle jalapenos, not because I'm I'm weak. It's like I really, my physical insides can't handle jalapenos. But oh, there's yeah. Several pickled vegetables inside of it, and it was covered with um, 
seeds. He said, like sesame seeds, he says they're, they're kind of sesame seeds, but they're a very unique type of sesame seed, not your typical, you know, just go get them uh, and just and spread them on there. It was really, really cool. Uh, and the people sitting around me who tried it really enjoyed it. Uh, they thought it was really, really great. Again, it's very refreshing, uh, crisp, tart, uh, really, really good. And, and the portions that they had for us, I don't know if that's the family-style portions that they're going to uh, recreate in the restaurant, uh, but they were very, like, we had a table of six, seven people at one time, and there was plenty left over. And we all had big heaping, you know, servings of it. So uh, that was really, really good. And Did they uh, say if the jalapenos made it spicy or if it was, like, how? They said that it wasn't overwhelming. It was a little bit of heat, but okay. it wasn't overwhelming. Um, but they but they really did enjoy it. So sorry that I can't give you the, the honest God. <laughs> of that. Um, and so that brings us back to the charcuterie board. So what we had was what they call their, their mega board. And it had all six meats, all six cheeses. I believe that was the right number. Hang on, let me double check. Yeah. So it had all the meats and all the cheeses. So what they did was they took two boards that they're offering in the restaurant and put them together in their mega board. So I'm sure that's going to be something that they offer. Um, so if I could, let me pause right here. What they're doing is they're doing small plates. That's going to be most of their dining. Small plates. Uh, I think they're going to have, um, I think the number, and everything here is fluid, by the way. <laughs> that'll, that'll come up very often in this whole time is how fluid things still are. I think they're going to have like uh, 14 or so small plates, and then they're going to have two family-style uh, a protein and then a starch and a vegetable that you could family style share it. Or if you really wanted to eat it by yourself, you could, but the idea is to have small plates uh, so people could share it, crack a bottle of wine or two, and then just enjoy that and then order another small plate. And what we had was two small plates put together and the cheeses were from all around the world. And uh, I was fiercely trying to write down names, but they burned right through it. And I didn't get all the names, but uh, obviously they had a brie. They had um, they had uh, uh, a chorizo, uh, a salami type, um, the really thinly shaved ham, uh, a couple of other uh, very thinly sliced uh, pork based um, you know meat, and then um, several a couple hard cheeses, and one of the cheeses. <laughs> kind of fell in love with was a very soft cheese. It was kind of a, um, it was the American cheese. I did ask him and it was, um, it's the one featured in the, the Disney parks blog article. It's the two rectangle strips put together okay. and that's the local cheese. It was just very flavorful, but it wasn't overwhelming. So that's going to be, uh, served with olives and there's a, uh, a mustard as well as another, um, type of uh what did he say it was uh there's honeycomb as well and there's another uh not sauce but there's another uh spread that they're going to have as well and he kind of spoke really quick and nobody really caught it we didn't go back and ask him so sorry because <laughs> we our main goal was to try to figure out when they're going to open and the things we're going to have and, and they didn't have a lot of answers but uh oh wow so, yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, 
some nuts were on there too, some small uh, pickles, some other veggies will probably, depending on what season they're in and what they want to pair the different cheeses up. And again, the cheeses are not going to be uh, the same cheeses every week. It's going to rotate. That That's why I wasn't so concerned about I have to get these cheeses because oh, yeah. they're going to change. Um, the chef that is working with George has been with him for years and uh, is very, uh, very excited about doing this. And uh, the things that he's bringing to the table are uh, some of the food items and the beer. <laughs> Those are his. That's his main contribution. He said, because if you're going to make great wine, you have to have great beer. Uh, so that was that was the uh, the food that we had, and then they they talked a little bit about some of the other things that they were gonna they were gonna offer as well. Did they end up having an opening date, or is it still a to be determined kind of thing? Well, that's a great question. Uh, still to be determined. So uh, George opened up by saying, "We have no idea." And then uh, I talked to uh, the Disney representative, and she said, yep, we have no idea. Uh, we grilled Chef Ron. He had no idea. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like they they have no real solid date. However, they are saying they're taking reservations for um, May, June, and July. So we know that somewhere between now and somewhere in May, they're going to be um, opening up. That's crazy That's to be, I mean... It's what April? Let's see. Let me look. April eighteenth. Yep. May's like two weeks away. Right. And I and I I can't even. I, I felt very uncomfortable asking the question. What's the holdup? Um, but I think that there's been been accommodation of um, uh, construction issues, and I think a permitting issue is, is what they're really struggling with because. There's some legal things you're trying to jump through. And George was very uncharacteristically, I wouldn't say aggressive, but he was like, lawyers. The, the word just makes my skin crawl at this point. And I looked over at the Disney rep, and she, would, she was just looking down. I'm like, yikes. Yeah, um, yeah. I kind yeah. of, you know, when you said they didn't have an opening date, but they're going to open, like, soon? Right. That's the only thing I could think of because you've got I mean, the government period when it comes to opening stuff isn't always or like adding on to anything. I mean, I'm going to give an example. My parents just um, last year had a duck belt on their house. Mm-hmm. Well, they live in um, just outside of Nashville, a city called Brentwood. Well, in order to have that, the city has to come and approve. First of all, they have to approve the plans for the deck to be built. And once you get those stakes in, the city has to come and go, yeah, those poles in there to start the building, that's good. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it it took so long for them to ever have that made. Right. I mean, months longer than what they had planned. I mean, it wasn't done until the fall. And they wanted it done by like June first for summer last sure, year. Yeah. One of the things. So that I can was, only imagine the hoops that you have to jump through when it comes to alcohol and. Right, and not only just for Disney, but for the county ordinances, and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure the state has to get their cut. And the one thing that George was talking about specifically that was a challenge that he's still not 
sure about is uh, package sales. Are they going to be able to sell a bottle of wine? You know, if somebody wants to come in and hang out for a while and well, I want to go back to my room, I'd like a bottle of this to go. They don't have any type of green light where they could do that. So for now, that's not going to be an option. Um, and it's something that he really wants to be able to do, but there's a lot of people way above everybody's pay grade that is going to or not going to sign off on that. So we might not be able to do that for a while, even though you can do it in other places. You know, if you if you see something, I'm fairly certain there are some other places you can do that locally. I wonder if, like, what happens if you buy a bottle of wine, you have a glass out of it, can you take it with you? Like, take the wine with, with you out of the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you can, because okay. can't you... Can't you walk around with a beer? Yeah, you can order beer and cocktails and walk around Disney Springs with it. There's, so there shouldn't be an issue with that uh, as long as you don't take it off, off Disney Springs property, which nobody should be doing that. Um, but I think it's just a matter of buying a, an uncorked bottle of wine or a remainder, remainder of a bottle because their concern is well, if you have an open bottle of wine, there's no guarantee that you're not going to give it to someone who shouldn't have it. Yeah. And that's always a concern. So, but you can go and buy a beer at Disney Springs and hand it to somebody else too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's some things there, but they are going to have a very small, uh, merchandising area. George was very excited about having, a, uh, there's a certain type of, of cork, uh, op- uh, an opener, uh, it's not a corkscrew, uh, but it's the type of opener you would use on a, on a vintage bottle of wine that. Uh, pulls the cork out and guarantees that you don't uh, ruin the cork or have any cork fall back into the bottle. Uh, he says, wow. you know, if you're a serious wine connoisseur, then this is something that you definitely got to have. And I noticed a picture of something that looks like what I think it is in uh, in the article. But uh, he said we're going to have those. We'll have some other, you know, corkscrews, some other things that say Wine Bar George. I'm sure there'll be glasses available. He says, yeah, I probably have T-shirts. But who really wants a T-shirt that says Wine Bar George? And I'm like, somebody will want one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, yeah. People buy the Yak and Yeti T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, so there'll be some merchandising there as well. But but really, I, it, the experience of going in and, and having some food and some wine and conversation, I think that's the real thrust of, of what they're trying to accomplish there. It'll be interesting to see what happens once it's all done. And now is yeah. there going to be? Outdoor seating? Yeah. So uh, he did give us a, a virtual, not a virtual, uh, uh, an imaginary walkthrough of the restaurant. And he said, yeah, so you walk in and there'll be a bar, like, very close to the front door. Uh, and then they'll have some seating. And it's not going to be traditional, like, three, th- four, five, or six, eight-person seating. It's going to be combinations of different things. Like, they've got some wine barrels that they've got custom-made tops for. For, you know, two or three seaters or, you know, three or four people can just kind of hang out and just sit their drinks down but not have to try to eat off of it. Uh, there's going to be some larger seating areas for larger groups. And this is still downstairs. There's going to be plenty of bar rails, leaning rails where people can sit there, uh, drink down, and then just sit and kind of chat while they stand up. And then when you go upstairs, there will be some outdoor uh, seating areas as well. It does look out on the little promenade there. So if you've been to Disney Springs um, 
and you don't know where this venue is going to be, uh, you were literally at the corner uh, from, uh, it's across the street from the Jock Lindsay's hangar bar, uh, and it's the corner of the street that takes you up and down, like from the boathouse all the way down to um, the west side, and then the little alley that takes you from Jock Lindsay's to Morimoto Asia to the um, uh, the Irish Raglan Road. Thank you. Um, so it's really right there in the corner. So that is a bustling burg, and you'll also be able to see the little, uh, like the little town square area, where they have certain things set up. It's right on the water side. Uh, a couple years ago, they had like the Mac thing was there. The Mac Cosmetics event was there, and they'll have special people and music and all that good stuff. So they're going to have over, you know, seating there as well as seating inside. Uh, it's going to be a really cool experience. Uh, it's really done with wood tones, and it, he said, I really want to make it feel like you're in a, a wine grower's, you know, a, a winemaker's home. So that's going to be pretty cool. I've, I've not been to any winemaker homes, so I'm going to have to live vicariously through Wine Bar George. Yeah, because uh, I, I haven't been to one either. Right. Mm. But uh, he said it was going to be really cool. There's going to be a bar upstairs and a bar downstairs. So you'll be able to come in and, and, and grab what you want. And I guess that would bring us to what they're selling. <laughs> and and uh, any other questions about the venue? No. Okay. No. <laughs> so, George, I, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, and, you know, I, I have a pretty good read on most people. It was almost as if George wasn't done dreaming about this place because several times he would throw ideas out and uh, the chef and his person who were there, Lauren, uh, which I can't thank those folks enough. They really took great care of everybody. Um, would kind of look at George and go, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm, 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 like, shh, don't say that. You know, it was... <laughs> It was fun. Uh, so George wants to have, you know, the food. We talked about the small plates and the larger plates. And then he wants to have uh, a bunch of different types of wine, different price ranges. And then we've talked about the hand-select beers. Uh, they're also going to be having uh, wine cocktails, so wine-based cocktails. He's already got uh, his bartender really working those up. He's very excited by that. But they're going to land, he said, somewhere around 135, 140. They'll probably wind up at 145, 150 if George has his way uh, for the the varieties of wines that they have in Wine Bar George when they open at first. It will go up. Uh, George is constantly finding new things that he wants to throw in there. Uh, And they'll have everything from price points to people who uh, could spend $9 for a glass of wine all the way up to... Uh, I think they're they're going to have one specific bottle of wine that's somewhere in the twenty five hundred dollar range. Um, I will not be drinking that one. I will not be either, uh, which is a good thing. After uh, sometime, I'll have to tell you the, the the old Pappy Van Winkle's bourbon story. Um, but one of the things that he was, wanted to talk about was his outstanding by the ounce, uh, which they're going to be selling higher end wines. Uh, in one, two, uh, one, three, or six ounce uh, draws. 
So you can purchase by the ounce some of these really expensive wines. So instead of paying $2,500 for a bottle of wine, you may only spend, you know, $300 or $200 for an ounce. Uh, still pretty expensive, but he believes if, you know, if you're on vacation and you're looking for a very special experience and you've, you've never had some of these really high-end wines that you read about in the wine magazines, this is a great opportunity to try it. So I guess what they're doing is um, their uh, system for, for delivering the wines, the, the machines that they have, they insert the thing and they can press the button and release the wines and it keeps the wine fresh while it's still in the, in the, in the bottle. They're going to be putting some high-end wines in there and, uh, and divvying out one, three, six-ounce pours. Wow. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty amazing. And then when he said wine shots, we were all like, okay, so what's the difference between a wine shot and an outstanding by the ounce? And he was like, I don't know. Let me get back to him. <laughs> so we were, we were like, okay, so um, you haven't figured everything out yet, have you? And uh, I don't think he has. Wine I think he's still in blue sky. That sounds like like a like like some kind of you know like you know you get the kamikaze or something like that kind of shot, right. but it's going to be like a wine like that's what I imagine, you know. Well, what was really shocking, and and one of the other food blog guys sitting across from me was like a wine shot. I don't think I want to shoot wine. I would rather mm-hmm. enjoy it, sip it. And he was like, "Well, it'll be something. We don't know yet." And I'm like, uh, okay. So, you know, the thing about it is, and I, I do have this one one quote from George that I thought was just phenomenal. He he is not interested in, uh, his quote is, I'm, it's not about upsell, but the right sale. What's the right wine for the guest and their experience? So his idea is to get you in, and even if you are a hardcore, you know, white Zinfandel person. He's going to try to have you try some other wines that, that you might like. And he says, once I get you on to something uh, like a Riesling, then I can get you to try something different and really expand your palate, take you anywhere. Uh, so that's his goal is, is to also spread the, the wisdom of the wines, which is what he's been doing for, for gosh, what, 30, 40 years, 30 years or so. Yeah. Um, you know, but they'll have they'll have a lot of wines there that are familiar. So if you've ever been to uh, top not top of the world, the California Grill, and you've tried the Selbach Oyster, which is my personal favorite, um, which is a Riesling, it's what I always get when I'm with my friends. It's what I always have because it's great with sushi. Uh, he'll have that there, uh, is so that's kind of like his signature go to. You know, in in my world, it's my. It's my mm-hmm. tap into high end wine, so he'll have things like that, and he'll have uh, uh, vintages from or, or varieties from all over the world. Uh, and he did have one of the California Napa Valley guys there showing off some of his wine, and we tried three wines. One was a seventy five dollar bottle of wine, which was outstanding. Then we tried a hundred and twenty five dollar bottle of wine, which was even more so outstanding. Then we did a three hundred dollar bottle of wine. And it was the bomb.com. It was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I've never really uh, tasted a $300 bottle of wine. It's good. It's so good. It's very smooth. Uh, you know, sometimes you could try a, uh, a Bordeaux or a, a Cabernet 
and it could be really powerful, be overpowering almost. This Cabernet was silky smooth. It was so good. Uh, but I couldn't afford a bottle of wine. It's it's too expensive for me. And we did ask him about the location. You know, what you know, why did you choose Disney Springs? And he he's like, I can't think of any other many places around the world that, that has the foot traffic like, you know, Disney and Disney Springs specifically. New York, sure. Uh, you know, LA, maybe Las Vegas, some other places around the world. Uh, that, that bring the foot traffic through. He says, but I know Disney and Disney Springs has thousands of people go through there each, each day. So yeah, why not? And, you know, it might not be the type of experience that you do all the time, but it's, you're on vacation. The, the thought is you're on vacation and if you're willing to spend the money, uh, it's, it's going to be quite the experience, but he doesn't want to break you financially he wants you to really just have a great experience and uh i'm looking forward to when they do open i'm wondering once they get settled and everything if eventually they'll do some kind of um like wine classes because that would be awesome to have some kind of thing where you know maybe once a month or whatever they do something where people can come and sample some wines and learn about tasting wines and, and that kind of stuff. Cause a lot of people don't know that. Like sure. I was, you know, I had to pay for my own college. So I got right. a job waiting tables, which was yeah. very fortunate because I started learning about wines and beers and other, you know, spirits and such mm-hmm. before I was even old enough to drink. Right. Once I could drink, well, then I got to sample them whenever the reps would come. And one of the restaurants I worked at, once a month, the rep would come and we got to learn about new wines that we were going to be having in the restaurant, you know, and new cocktails and things like that. Right. Because of that, I was, you know, 21 drinking red wine, whereas all my friends who were 21 are drinking or even 25 drinking still white Zinfandel, which I was right. like, like, no, right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, not my thing. Like, <laughs> so <clears throat> they absolutely are going to do that kind of thing. And oh, say that good. yeah. So what they're going to do is, and they've already got a couple things already on the books. Uh, I remember talking about it on the Disney parks podcast, maybe a month or so ago. And what George wants to do is, uh, like the gentleman that he had with him, uh, Andy, uh, was a wine maker from California. And he says, let's just say Andy's coming over for a few days. What we'll do is we'll plan for it and then we'll announce it and say, hey, uh, Andy is going to bring uh, three of his best wines with him. Uh, so from 2 o'clock until 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, we're going to have uh, a winemaker class and uh and then he goes and of course we'll have to charge for it you know i'm like it's <laughs> oh, disney <laughs> of course you're going to charge for it uh he says you know we'll charge for it. it won't be a lot but what we want to do is we want to bring people in uh in between the lunch and the dinner uh rush you know maybe we'll close off the upstairs and you can go upstairs and have this experience where you've got a winemaker from different parts of the world come in and talk about what makes their area of, of grapes so amazing and, and what makes their uh, winery so special and, and have samples of the different 
wines there and we'll have, you know, some little, you know, tchotchke stuff to eat there. And it'll be, it'll be a great experience. And, you know, we can do that with, you know, uh, wineries from the United States. And I got friends from overseas and come over and, you know, I've got, I've got all these great friends from Italy and, you know, we can have all these great different types of wines and we can have a, you know, here's a Cabernet from, you know, uh, California and let's check that against a Cabernet from the Cabernet region of France. And let's look at this Cabernet from somewhere else. And you can, you can start to get a sense for the different styles, you know, from, from the different parts of the world. And that was really cool. And obviously they're going to have wine seminars. Uh, George will probably, you know, helm a few of those. And he said he was going to be in the store every day. So it's not like he's not going to be around. Uh, so I was very excited to hear that. And those are the type of things that I would love to do because it, it demystifies the product. Oh, yeah. And to be able to sit with George for, even though you're probably not sitting with him, you know, in as much as he's around and then you get maybe like a 10 minute conversation with him just to get the, the excitement and the passion that he is, uh, that he has for wine, that, that would change someone's life. Uh, in, in, in as much as like you had to learn how to, uh, to not only sell, but you had to learn the differences between the different wines, the different beers and, and that kind of thing. And, and, and a better informed consumer, uh, is, is way better, especially when you go out to dinner or when you go home and you can go into your wine purveyor and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm looking for a, a Sobach Oster. Do you have that? You know, do you have this, um, this, uh, the winery, hang on. I, I made a note cause it was so good. Uh, the Coonsville Cabernet, which was the really expensive wine that we had. And it's uh, from the Coonsville region of Napa Valley, which is this legendary part of Napa Valley. And it was truly amazing. So you can go to your wine purveyor and say, Hey, look, I'm looking for this. Uh, you know, I have this. Can you, can you tell me about this or can you give me something that's similar to that? Yeah. So that's, that's his goal behind that. Again, it's, it's something where you come to Disney, you get some education, some edutainment, and then you go home and then you're able to expand your palate even more because you're, you're not necessarily afraid because you got the wine demystified. You're not afraid to go out and say, I want to try this because I know that, you know, this region of France is supposed to be really good. And even though the bottle of wine is $30, you know, it's worth investing that $30 because it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Boone's Farm. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had that once, and that was the last time I ever drank that. I'm sure the wine aficionados who are listening and watching are like, that guy's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this was really good. So, um, you know, when they open, go say hi to George. Go say hi to Chef Ron. And uh, just... It's it's going to be an amazing place. It's going, it's going to be one of those destination places where, you know, they're going to be open for lunch, probably open at 11 and close at midnight, he said. So come by for lunch or go have lunch somewhere and come by for a cocktail before you go have a movie or go do something. And, you know, we'll come back that night for dinner, stay late, and sit outside and watch the people. And uh, he's really a big fan of experiencing wine. Not not to, to put it up on a pedestal, but to crack the bottle and drink it. That's that's his he said that several times. The best bottle of wine is the one that you, you open and drink. Yeah, it does no good if it just sits in the bottle and 
Yeah. And he's a collector. I mean, he's a collector too. And there's nothing wrong with collecting wine. He said, but he's, I think one of his rallying cries is, is to, to stop people from worshiping wine in such a way. It's like, I could never open that bottle and drink it. And then why, why have it if you would never drink it, you know? So I have a bottle that I still need to drink, but it is from, uh, Firestone Vineyards, mm-hmm. and it is signed by Andrew Firestone. Wow! Back when the Firestone family still owned that vineyard, like wow, it's been eh, <laughs> a well, while now. The thing is, I mean the uh, the bottle may be worth money. That's the thing. Uh, not only is the the contents of the bottle worth some money, but the bottle itself, because it's signed. Oh yeah, you know, I've got. I've got three signed bottles. Um, one of them is the La Crema Winemaker. And I got that signed at Food and Wine. Right. Um, that's been quite a few years, too. But the, the Firestone bottle, I think, is pretty cool, considering that guy does not even own that winery anymore. Right, right. That's crazy. My dad actually... Um, it was, I was doing a benefit back when um, the Nashville Predators, the, you know, NHL hockey team was up for sale. Oh, And we players? were doing things to try and save the team, like keep them from moving. So right. I had put together this benefit show and we had gone, I got together with some other people who were hockey fans and we went around and got different companies to donate stuff that we could auction. And we uh, ended up using the money from it all and bought tickets that were then given to Big Brothers Big Sisters. Wow. That's cool. And, <laughs> but one of the things is my dad at that time still worked for uh, Bridgestone. And so he talked to somebody and he was able to get like, I've got, and I ended up being the one to bid on it. Cause I was like, that's cool. Um, autograph bottle of wine, uh, his, I think it's called wine ways and it's his DVD. Right. Um, that's autographed. And then I've got a red firestone cap that has his signature on it as wow. well, which just sits it, somewhere. And every third house. purchase comes with a free tie. I don't know where that is. Every third purchase comes with a free tire. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah. overall, that's it, my story of my autograph bottle of Firestone. Uh, the only thing, the only thing that I have like that is uh, I've got a box of uh, Fuente Fuente Opus X's signed by Carlos Fuente's son. Uh, the cigars of long since been given away or smoked uh but the box still we still have the box and uh, he signed it to my wife and i in honor of our wedding oh that's that cool. really cool yeah, that was really cool because we had fuente fuente opus sexes uh or my my bit best man and i had him i don't think sid has one she had a couple hits of it but she's not a she's not a cigar person i was way more into cigars back then but yeah that's my only that's my only claim to fame i know the box is is worth the money because it's signed yeah Um, but anyway um you know i'm i'm really excited about wine bar george probably more so than i was before 
And uh, any place at, at Disney Springs that uh, could be a place that we pop in and hang out for a little bit and pop out, I'm always a big fan of. You know, nothing against, you know, Art Smiths or, you know, um, the Boathouse or more Moto Asia, but just some place you can go in and have a cocktail and leave. You know, like the, uh, like uh, Paradisia 37 is kind of that way. Uh, Jock Lindsay's hangar bar is definitely that way. You know, it's just, it's just a great place. It's not about going and getting hammered. It's about going and having a, a glass of wine. And if that glass of wine costs me 30 bucks, uh, but I get to enjoy it with friends and have great conversation and have a great time, totally worth it. And I think that's, it's about the experience, not about right, right. what you're consuming. Right. It's, it's, it's a whole it's, thing. It's not about right. sitting there and eating your dinner. It's about <clears throat> enjoying good food, good drink, and great company. Absolutely. And that's really, and I, and I guess because I'm a local, I can say this, is that's, that's really what Disney's become for me. I still love going and riding rides. I still love walking around Magic Kingdom and watching fireworks and all that good stuff. But really, it's about getting together and hanging out with friends, grabbing something to eat or grabbing a cocktail and just hanging out. And, you know, <clears throat> I've got way better friends now that just, that's what we do. You know, we go to the parks occasionally, but that's not what it's about for us. Disney's really become the the social lubricant for our, our great relationships. And I think wine bar George is going to fit into that niche really, really well. And I think it's going to be a capper for a lot of people's vacations, especially if you're celebrating an anniversary or a birthday or some major event, you know, you can go to wine bar George and pay, you know, a hundred dollars for a glass of wine that you would never in a million years buy a bottle of, but to be able to say, you know, yep. Yep. I had, I had that wine when I was at Disney Springs. You know, I, I understand that. Uh, I bought a very expensive, sh- bought a couple of very expensive shots of Pappy Van Winkle's bourbon when I was at the Polite Pig. Um, it hurt my wallet a whole, and hurt my pride because I didn't realize what they were doing. But uh, it was great. It's it's a bucket list item, and and I think Wine Bar George is going to become a bucket list for a lot of people. And I can definitely see that being. Um... You know, because Aldon and I come down as often as we do, we don't really do Disney like a vacation. Right. We do Disney as a place to just kind of like unwind, relax, and get to see all of our good friends. Right. So I already know that this will be a place that we'll go probably have dinner and then afterwards you know, or just completely skip dinner and do the meats right. and the cheeses and sit for, you know, two, three hours and sip on some mm-hmm. wine. And that's what they're banking on. Cause that's I mean, I I love that kind of that kind of stuff. I'm not I'm somebody who loves to the social aspect of dining, not just the, the Epicurean the experience. The Epicurean experience. It's not just about that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I absolutely love traveling to Europe because that is how, you know, right. that's how all those people roll over there. They're like, hey, let's go after work and have a drink. And, you know, three, four hours goes by and, okay, see you at work tomorrow. And, you know, right. they go home. It's right. not about getting trash. It's not about just eating. It's about being with 
the people you're with right. and enjoying the, it is a whole experience. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very unique dining experience um, because we as Americans don't always look at it that way. So traveling to Europe and, and getting that experience, I think that's what we're trying to recreate. When I say we, I think it's what George is trying to recreate here. And, and there's nothing against going to the theme parks and riding rides and having to get fast passes and, you know, Hey, we got to burn through all these rides because, you know, we have plans to, you know, we've got fast pass and dinner reservations and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's how you vacation, and that really, you know, makes you happy. That's awesome. I don't ever want to be that stressed out. I don't need a vacation for my vacation. Um, <laughs> you know, our our vacation, really, honestly, the perfect vacation for us doesn't necessarily have to be a cruise. But with that cruise mentality, you wake up, you lounge, you go have breakfast. You, you go have a, you know, a sit by the pool, you have a cocktail, you, you go to lunch, you nap, you relax, you talk, you laugh, you have a great time, have another cocktail, you get dressed, have a nice dinner, go to some entertainment, and you go out on the back of the boat, you just watch, watch the stars in the water, you know, and that's that type of vacation suits myself, and I think it suits my wife and I's personality, and I think it if more people would vacation that way and really go to Disney and say, okay, we've got seven days at Disney Four of those days are going to be in the parks. And then the other three days we were absolutely shutting down. Their yeah. vacations would be way better. Their relationships would be much deeper and they won't be so stressed because that plane ride home after a Disney vacation for a lot of people is worth They're They're worse than when they flew in. Yeah. But that's, but that's me, you know, that's that's my opinion, and I welcome to hear yours. <laughs> well, I like to take things leisurely, right? Because I feel that, especially in our country, everything is it's always constant. Right. You know, with the now that every home has a computer, every person has a smartphone. Right. I mean, you are available. 24-7-365. There's, there's so much always being, like, rush, rush everywhere that I like to be able to put down my phone, not, you know, and use it to just take pictures or to go... What 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 time did we want to meet for dinner tonight? Right, it's, you know, it really and when you're sitting at, at a table, this device is not available. It is down, and everybody is talking to each other. Right, but so many people, it's everything so rush rush all the time right. that they don't ever take time to smell the roses, and they go on vacation, and it's more of the same. Right. Um. But another thing great I think about this is it appeals very much to couples, too, who are at Disney that go and don't have kids. So they're not planning on we don't have to be at the park (laughs) at rope drop because, you know, Emma wants to ride Dumbo and Hayden, he's got to get on Space Mountain and... Then we have to eat this thing, and we have to go buy this at this store, and right. you know right. it's 
for adult couples, I think often you can you take your Disney vacation more leisurely than you do when you have a whole family with you. Right. Absolutely. So this this definitely appeals to those people. And I've felt a lot of times that Disney kind of, you know, like ignores the people in a way that don't have kids at times. I mean, just like the mom's panel. You know, I mean, somebody was specifically told that as long as they didn't have kids, good luck ever getting on on the panel. Wow. That they intentionally look for people with kids. Of course, because that's that's, that's the not all who travels though. You have yeah. people who travel alone, people that travel as couples, and you have people that like I go um, once a year with Natalie. Well, right. we've been doing that since Connor was five. He's now twelve. Right. You know, so I get to be in a sense like Aunt Kristen, and and you know. I took him on the orange version of Mission Space for the first time. Wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, I was like, I was like, we got in there and I was like, Connor, you sure? He's like, uh-huh. And as soon as it took off, I was like, you okay? He's like, yes, this is awesome. And I was like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's but... cool. You're the cool aunt. <laughs> but... I think it's good to have, you know, these places that definitely appeal to adults, you know, who aren't there with kids. And it gives them that kind of escape from all that craziness that goes on in the parks. Right. And it's just a different situation. I mean, it's, you know, we don't really have necessarily a beer joint at Disney Springs. I mean, we've got places that serve beer. Maybe the maybe Raglan Road is the closest thing we've got to it. But, you know, this is a very unique situation. Plus, you know, George brings uh, such, you know, gravity to this because of who he is. And if you don't know who George, and I never pronounced his last name correctly. Do you know how to pronounce his last name? Milotes? 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 Hollenotes? How is the first way you pronounced it? Miliotes. I think it's along the lines of that. So what George brings to the table is, you know, years with Disney at California Grill, and he he moved over to somewhere else, and he he went, I think, away from Disney for a while. Now he's he's back, and and to be able to to bring his passion and and his depth of knowledge as a as a sommelier, a master sommelier. And to be able to start a, a dining experience or, or, a, or a, a, a theme park type experience where it's like, hey, this is this is our goal. We want you to slow down. We want you to chill out. We want you to have some good conversation, have some snacky snacks while you're there that are high quality. And then enjoy a glass of wine because there's really not a lot of wine bars in the Orlando area. There's a few, but there's not there's nothing to this scale that I know of. So this is going to be a very unique situation. As long as it's priced right for most people, um, yeah, very excited by this. This is going to be this is going to be really really cool. At least I hope so. I hope the best for for the team over there because they've been working really hard with all the setbacks and stuff. It's 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 been a challenge. Yeah, it gets to be, I think, a little that kind of wears on you after a while. 
Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But that was great. Once it opens, I'm sure they're going to be so excited. And I mean, those, those servers and everybody are going to be so well trained. And I think it's going to make for an amazing experience. Yeah. They were doing training last Monday after we left, they did training all afternoon. So when your boss is a master sommelier, you better know your stuff. And so this is going to be a great experience for people to learn. And I think everybody that's going to touch a, a customer, and I mean that in the sense that come in contact with a customer, like, hey, let me touch you. Uh, <laughs> hello. Uh, I think everybody that comes in contact with these these the serving staff is going to be better educated than 99% of the people working in, in every restaurant they go to. Uh, I think it's going to be to the same quality of when you go to California grill and I talk about California grill a lot because that's, that's the closest, you know, analogy I have to it. When you go to California grill and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about some wine. What goes great with sushi? Well, we've got this and we've got this, you know, do you like dried? Do you like tart? Do you like sweet? Do you like, you know, do you like red? Do you like white? What do you normally drink? And then they give you several options <laughs> and it's, yeah. I mean, there's just some of the best trained serving staff and, and, the, the result is, is you have serving uh, members of that staff who have been with that specific restaurant for, you know, decades, you know, multiples of years. And, and I think, you know, the Wine Bar George experience is going to be the same. And I think the serving staff theirs is not going to be one that turns over pretty rapidly. I think it's going to be somewhere you can, you can go and, you know, your, your buddy George is there and then your favorite server Stefan has been there for 20 years, whatever 20 years is up, you know, and you, and you know, going in and Stefan's going to take care of you because he knows you. Yeah. And we don't have many places like that here at Disney Springs. Unless you're Tony Casanova of the internets. <laughs> and you're it's a Gravello. Like, uh, <laughs> that, it's like kind of like Napa Rose. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, it's about time we have something like that over here. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited by it. Um, Napa Rose and the uh, the Blue Sky Cellar over at Disneyland's California Adventure. I, I didn't go to Napa Rose, but I did go to the Blue Sky Cellar, and it was amazing uh, for what it was. And um, I think it's great that we have that here. You know, I just hope they don't bring in any Florida you know, citrus wines, because those are the worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Oh, what? You don't want a key lime flavored wine? It's not even wine. It's a key lime flavored something. It's just not. It's just not. It's not. I'm sorry. If I offend people, I apologize. It's just not. It's just not good. It's not good at all. I'll tell you, of the uh, there are wineries in and around Nashville, Tennessee area, and most of them are. Mm. <laughs> they're along the lines of those kind of Florida wines. Best, the best winery here by far is um, Arrington. So if you ever, yeah. whenever you come up, one day we are definitely going to go to Arrington. Heck yeah! Um, I love that. It's Kicks, <laughs> Kicks Brooks's winery. Oh, and they have the best Chardonnay that I've had yet. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's my favorite that's Uh We don't have a new place down here. Uh, we have a we have a wine venue that opened up a few uh, months ago, 
near our house. And it's great, but it's all citrus-based wine. And they've got some other things that they've brought in. But it's just, you know, Florida is not uh, – they've got grapes from other places that they're making some of their wines with. Yeah. Florida's not really known for, for high grapes. Um, there is a winery where I spent a lot of my childhood years in Ohio called Wolf Creek. If mm-hmm. I could take us all to Wolf Creek, that place is the bomb. It's so it's it's weird, and it's in the middle of Akron, Ohio. It's just I weird. of course it's why I know of the wine, but I when I lived there, I was too young to drink. So right, right. So. Haven't been back to uh, to do Wolf any Creek. of that stuff. Have, so yeah, have you been to Wolf Creek? I haven't. No. It's it's really good. But I've, I but I of course I yeah, I know of it, but right. I, I haven't. Cool. So that's pretty much it. Um what else is there anything else I can do to to help you with the wine bar George stuff? I think you let everybody know all the all the important stuff, what kind of well, at least from what we've got, you <laughs> right. know. We know what at we least have. what what kind of stuff they can be expecting. Um I will soon get up those pictures because they look delicious. I was at work as you were sending those to me, and I was like, oh, I want to eat this. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? Right. I'm like, look at these pictures. Yeah. Uh, Andy Erickson was the winemaker that was there, and George was literally talking about, yeah, we're going to have, like, if Andy comes in, and Andy was like, yeah, I could be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> Like I guess George didn't run that by him, but uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great experience if you're into wine, uh, if you're nominally into wine, you're thinking about getting into it. This is probably gonna be a great first stop. Uh, it's gonna be a great addition to Disney Springs. I honestly, when they first announced it, I I was I was not overly ecstatic about it, but now that I get a better sense of what it's going to be, I'm really a big fan. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I'm very. I'm very excited, and it sounds like it should be open before uh, Toy Story Land. Here's open. Here's here's open. Hopefully, the plan is I can get down to check out Toy Story Land and go to Wine Bar George at the same time. Come on down. We got a room with your name on it. Yeah, we we got a room with your name on it, and then and then at the end of the night. We can all go over to uh, Maria and Enzo's and have a nice, nice, horribly cold meal. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to, you know what? I've got to have you and Tony on to talk about that oh, experience. That's so bad. It's such a bad experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love to sit and rag on them for a little while because they certainly deserve it. It's bad. It's so bad. I think it's going to be the opposite of the Wine Bar George experience at Disney Springs. I'm I'm very excited, especially after seeing like the plating and stuff like that, and the way that they they did that presentation, right. and they the restaurants not even ready for people to be in it. So to me, that's pretty awesome that yeah they were able to do that. Yeah, us, so. so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. It was really funny because uh, between the time that we left there and the time I got home, they posted that article, and I was like, wait, we didn't have the the mac and cheese bites. We didn't have the the bass. I was very it's like, come on, man, you gotta help us out here. <laughs> uh, but uh it was really a good time nonetheless. So uh I had a, I had a lot of charcuterie and I had a lot of salad. Life is good. And wine. And wine. I had some wine too, yeah. 
didn't leave a lot on the table. So it was, it was a really good experience. Well, John, I'm glad you were able to go uh, in my place and experience all that and come on the show and, and tell everybody all about it because I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of our listeners wanting to check out that place. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was my pleasure and honor. Thank you for trusting me with, uh, with the uh, opportunity. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to uh, experiencing Wine Bar George with you and Al John. And maybe some of your listeners will be down there. We can all hang out and enjoy a glass of $300 wine. Because we have to ship in and buy it together. $300 glass until we start getting some Patreon. <laughs> right. That's right. So, yeah, speaking of Patreon, guys, look, Al John, I'll say it if you won't. Al John and Kristen are an amazing couple, and they work tirelessly uh, for what they do. Just go out there and just for a, a little bit of pennies each day, a couple of bucks a month, you're getting great rewards, you're getting great content, and these people are amazing. And, and running a website, and all the things that they're doing is not cheap, and it certainly isn't easy, and they're not making a ton of money doing it. So go to Patreon and support these folks. They deserve it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything I can do to help you guys, I love you. Uh, I appreciate you guys, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to a, another event maybe we can go to together. That'd be the, Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be so much fun. That so, yeah. would be well, thanks so much, guys, for downloading the show. As you know, we are part of the We Be Geeks Network, so we can be found on Stitcher. You can download us on iTunes as well as watch on YouTube. Uh, we would love it, those of you that listen to iTunes, if you would give us a five-star rating, I mean, and a nice little review. Of course, it doesn't cost anything, but that helps us keep the show going by getting some good reviews. That that lets us know we want... We, know that you want to continue to listen to the show. So um, if there is a way that you want to uh, support us, you can always do that. As John mentioned, we do have Patreon. There are affiliate links on the website. So if you shop the Disney store, garden grocer, anything like that, of course, that just is, doesn't cost you anything. And they put a little thing in the chip jar for us. Uh, we also have on the website, you can pick up the Dining at Disney books as well as our friends' books like John. You can pick up John's book on the website, Tony Castle Nova's book on the website. Um, John, tell everybody about your book and where they can find you on the internet. Well, uh, my book is called The Disney Bucket List. Uh, co wrote it with a couple of great guys. Uh, uh, you can find it at www.parkoppers.com. You can also buy it on Amazon. And as great as that is, as much as I appreciate that, I would prefer that you buy it from uh, the www.parkoppers.com site because I will autograph it to you and I'll send it to you. Uh, you can find me at www.parkoppers.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at www.parkoppers.com. You can also find me at the DisneyParksPodcast.com website. Uh, the aforementioned Mr. Tony Casanova of the Internet and I do uh, do a web uh, do a podcast. Uh, we do a live show on Facebook every Monday night, and we do the you know we throw the podcast up there as well. We would love to have you guys over there. Uh, I don't want you to stop watching Al John and Kristen. I would prefer you watch both. 
but watch Aljon and Kristen because we're all talking about Disney. It's just a different flavor. But uh, if you want to come check us out, we would love to have you. Uh, of course, you can find it dining at Disney uh, at diningatdisney.com as well as on Twitter, Facebook, my favorite Instagram, Pinterest, um, and YouTube. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, whatever, you can email us at podcast at dining at disney.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much, John, for joining me today. And until next time, bon appetit. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes. Powered by Tascam. Tascam's mini studio creator, US42, is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real time effects. The mini studio creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com, part of the Gibson family of brands.